1: at LuckyLandSlots.com
0: Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus Terms and conditions apply.
1: Footballistic the Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes.
0: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, Boyd Hilton is once again doing something far more showbiz than the Footballistically Arsenal podcast but I hope we won't miss him too much and he's definitely not here because of the defeat at Watford, in fact I imagine he would revel in telling me how wrong I've been in, in recent weeks and probably years about having the faith we do in Arsene Wenger but we will come on to that in due course and I'd like to say I've got two fantastic guests with me, first up semi-regular, I would say Tim Payton, Tim welcome. Good evening. Tim, you were you were not at Watford. You were watching from the. No, I didn't
1: go to the... Watford. I was watching it from the sofa.
0: Okay, we're, we're telling Tim to talk more clearly into his microphone. We're telling him off straight away. You're a pro at this media lot like. You should know better, Tim.
1: I should do. I should do. I'm waking up.
0: Um, Ultra HD, was it? Boyd always goes on about his Ultra HD. Was it, it was Ultra? all too
1: clear. All too clear.
0: <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Uh, and James, you were you James Wilson, we should say your your second appearance, I think, on Football is the Arsenal.
2: Yeah, two um, years apart.
0: But and we can uh, we're probably probably the podcast. I'll say to Tim before we started. The podcast is probably the same. If you're listening two years ago, you're listening now four years ago sadly um it's a bit familiar You could just um, play
1: the tape from a year ago again see if anyone notices we could but i like to think the <laughs> same old arsenal <laughs> uh,
0: I, I naively think people would know the difference but i might be wrong but uh, fingers crossed you do all know the difference um we can find you on twitter at beard of perez correct but why was it why beard of perez what was the thinking there
2: mm, favorite player um, yeah and favorite I'd, beard i'd like people to think i'm a hipster. Um, You've got a beard going. I do have a beard. Uh, it's not as nice as his. It's no. more ginger than his, but yeah, it
0: looks well groomed.
2: I would say. Uh, Thank you. Um, you and you were on
0: a you were on a stag this weekend. You said uh, yeah in so, Newcastle. But you watched the game from from
2: Newcastle. Yeah, I managed to watch it on the booze cruise on my phone on the <laughs> BT Sport app, and it. Yeah, it was, I think we it was talk stressful. more about this
0: booze cruise than the Arsenal game. Actually, Just tell us a little bit about the booze cruise.
2: It was me. And How can you have a cruise on a? Was it you know some sort of yacht element? I think a yacht is a generous right. explanation for it. It okay. was a clapped-out old motorboat with me and ten friends, and then about fifty overweight Scottish middle-aged men. Um, Were they
0: also on a stag? Yes. Not your stag.
2: Not not Arsenal. Different stag. stags. Yeah, it would be. Quite, yeah, but it was an unusual mix.
0: Great. Well, I hope you had a good time. If, yeah. I mean, while I was at Vicarage Road, um, which was, I, I don't like going there. I, I, don't, I don't know what you mean, but it's, it's, even everything about it is a bit cramped and a bit, a bit tight. And we were down away in the corner and it was okay until about 70 minutes. And then it started to, to go wrong. I didn't see it coming. Did you, Tim? I, I didn't actually until, and we'll talk about Troy Deeney's comments. And he's been, I feel a little bit disrespectful, but we'll come on to that in a minute. I, I didn't see it coming. I
1: I know what you mean, but you're watching Arsenal only 1-0 up, not taking chances, and you know that is a team that is a goal from crumbling, and that is a team that can panic and retreat. So, did I see it coming? I don't know. Was I surprised in the slightest, particularly when they got their kind of slice of luck with a penalty? Not at all. It was Arsenal all over it. Don't assert yourself when you're ahead and then crumble under a bit of pressure particularly when the team you know decide that oh we can beat you and they start playing and they'll be a bit physical Arsenal just don't cope with that
0: there's a few things to pick up there the first thing you, you refer to the penalty
2: as a slice of luck
0: is that is that fair James what do you think a slice of luck
2: I, it's not a pen it was outright cheating so well it was a huge chunk of luck wasn't it I
0: yeah i'm probably in the middle of the two because i don't think it was out i'm not sure like it's one of them where i don't think you can book him for diving but you don't give a pen for me i I think i
1: think it's a harsh penalty I, i actually think that the panel not referring it is correct one of the reasons i'm i'm you know i know i'm in the minority but i don't want all this video replay nonsense is that in football decisions are subjective in the other sports, people go on about in the other sports, their factual decisions, did the ball cross the line, was the ball touched down? Now, I think I would probably say that's a 70-30 penalty decision, but there is movement by Bellerin's leg. Bellerin moves the leg across when the ball's clearly been put past him, and actually a really good defender doesn't make that movement with the leg, but he keeps shadowing.
2: What, what, what I thought was interesting... Go on, James, do you want to jump in? I on? was just going to say, the acid test for me, if that was Alexis or Ozil... In Watford's box I don't think I'd be screaming that vehemently for it
0: not with belief I mean we all do it don't we of
2: course you would but-
0: what was interesting Keon I think made the point when I watched this later back in terms of the TV coverage maybe you, you'd have picked up on this watching he sort of suggested that Bedouin wasn't as incensed as he, he should be it looked like this disgruntled acceptance, whereas we do sort of hop back to, you know, our most most famously Kieran and Old Trafford, when they did get that penalty. You know, how incensed they all were and put pressure on that, the referee. That, it was just looked like this kind of like, not, I don't know,
1: indifference? Is that unfair? After players don't really do incensed, do they? Or yeah. attitude or up for it?
2: It's, it's really noticeable when you're at games, which you wouldn't, you know, people on TV wouldn't necessarily notice it, but seeing how our players respond to conceding a goal, it's Literally heads down and trudge back to the halfway line. I know it's slightly, a slightly kind of basic analysis, but if you do think back to those days of Martin Keogh and Tony Adams, even Vieira, Ormri, Or Burkamp, etc., there would be some kind of gesticulation about, you know, come on, let's turn this around. Whereas it really, I think resignation is you know, an apt word to describe the reaction anytime we do concede. It's probably a, a time to tell you that
0: Football Italy, Arsenal is back for the season by Labrooks. So you can bet £5 and get £20. If you deposit £5, Labrooks will add another £20 to your account and you can get this offer by following the link at bet.arsenalpodcast.net. Now, I want to come on to Troy Deeney's comments because they were obviously in the heat of the moment um, after the game. As moments go for a, a Watford striker, is obviously incredibly pleased with the, with the last 20 minutes of that game but I'll, ju- I'll just read out what he said he said I've heard Wenger's already blaming the decision as the reason why they lost I'm not going to be the one to tell Mr. Wenger about himself but there's a reason why they lost and it wasn't because of one penalty I'll have to watch what I say. It's having a bit of cojones, a bit of nuts. Um, Whenever I play Arsenal, I'll go up and think, let me whack the first one and see who wants it. I came on today and jumped with Mertesaka. I didn't even have to jump, actually. I nodded it down. The crowd gets up. Yeah, we've got somebody who can win it. And they all just backed off. For me as a player, I just think, happy days. That's my strength. I know I'm not technically gifted like they are. Not as quick. But if you want to fight with me, I'm going to beat you all day. Do you think it
1: was Appropriate comments, fair, heat at the moment. A shock horror footballer talks for truth. I mean, really, he should you know, siphon off his comments to some media PR man who can write some bland nonsense on Twitter. That's what footballers do, isn't it? That's what Arsenal footballers do. I think Tridini should be employed as a consultant to Arsenal Football Club because he seems to have identified the problems in our squad more greatly. There's a touch, you know, actually, I don't think it's that disrespectful because he actually says I'm a limited player and I make up for it by putting in some effort and some fight. I don't think that you know because footballers are now almost conditioned to be bland and boring and not say too much is a little bit of it's probably more than you'd expect but he's full of adrenaline and he's come on and turned that game around and he's turned it around through attitude and desire and really Arsenal fans are getting upset with him I think really they're not upset with him they're upset with Arsenal and his comments have hit home I don't know what you think James I think the thing which annoyed
2: me most about what he said wasn't Necessarily the weak underbelly insinuation but it was more when he I think he also said Arsenal didn't lose because of a penalty decision well it's so churlish and pig-headed to look at back at that game and say an incorrect penalty decision didn't of course, it, it was their first shot the on target. Result. Of course, that penalty. Of course, it was. If that penalty doesn't happen, Arsenal will probably still win the game. I agree. I wasn't. Stri- I was. I didn't quite see it
0: coming that way. That's what I mean. I think I completely agree with you 100. That that penalty does, of course, change the game because at that point, you, it's obviously uh, Ozil's miss is in everyone's minds. When he's missed yeah. it, you've got everyone thinking a bit like you, Tim. The, oh, we we don't put games away. And then you know, within 30 seconds, Bellerin has given an unfair penalty, and, and then from that moment on, you thought. Yeah, we'd probably take a draw here. The, you know, it just it did the tie turn unbelievable, and yet that was still. You know, I know they hit the post a few minutes before they did get the there win twenty up.
1: minutes to go. But when you when it does go to one all, and you you know definitely you know harsh penalty, unlucky. But with twenty minutes to go, you should be thinking there's 20 minutes, Arsenal got 20 minutes to go out and win this, but you're not, you're thinking, shit, 20 minutes, are this lot going to have the metal to stand up to what's coming? And they did not at all. I
2: I agree, but I just think what Deeney said played up to na- the kind of media and fan-based narrative of which there is a huge chunk of truth about, soft underbelly, et cetera, et cetera. But it really did, it let Watford off the hook insofar as... and probably made the analysis of how we played slightly harsher by, far, by totally detracting from the impact of that penalty because like it or not, if that's any other team, people aren't saying... There oh there are
1: incidents I- in the games then. We, we probably wouldn't have got past West Brom at home but for a ref making wrong calls on penalty decisions West Brom should definitely have had one I think even two you could make the case for those things happen players just have to keep going get yeah. on with it deal with adversity uh,
0: yeah. I, I, I went back to the to the Guardian live blog and I think we referred to the Guardian in the last podcast we did but I went back and I, I read through the, the live text to, to get back into the mindset and was the whole game back I you watch the extended highlights and, and the, the quote as we're going to injury time is there'll be four minutes at a time um Dini's low Drive blocked by Metasaker. Arsenal hanging on for a point in a the match they dominated. And maybe we do have to remember that. that uh, I don't know. It feels like the, the the narrative of what's happening has just gone so far the other way in line with defeat. The there were again the fans around me. It was it was Wenger out, and yet but for. You know, Mesut who we'll it's come on to in a minute
1: in, It's not a result in isolation so it's, that's, for, that's um, four, it's not in isolation That's four but away but games with one goal yeah, and one point yeah, it's a bit, You know, and I think the real danger is Oh, if it had penalty hadn't have happened Everything's rosy at Arsenal Let's not delude not ourselves Not rosy, but, but back but, on a path that, to being the four, uh, fourth uh, best
2: that, team that, Which is what we are <laughs> have, have we, we haven't scored a goal from open play away from home this season, have we?
1: We've only scored one goal
0: yeah, well, I mean the the goal on yeah, on Saturday, Saturday. It was the uh, from a corner was the only yeah. goal of the season.
2: Um, that's that's almost more. Were you surprised alive. he
0: went with uh, with Pear to start ahead of Holding?
1: No, because I think he wanted some experience. Yeah, it just seemed like a
0: change of heart. It seemed like the whole of last season. Pear was, it. You know, regarded as someone who would only play an absolute emergency, and, and that FA Cup final was an emergency. Um, I found it frustrating. There were there were people around at the end who also thought. Even though Kishoni had to come off, could Wenger have gone to a back four, been a bit more positive to try and win the game? And actually, it, perhaps he just saw, James, I don't know what you thought, he just saw the opportunity to almost take what we've got, take the point, keep it as it is, don't change the shape, bring on holding, just do like for like.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. And the point you made before actually about holding on Saka when it seemed for long periods of last season and early this, was kind of persona on grata on the playing staff. But then he starts a fairly tough away game. It does reek of no strategy, no vision, etc., which is something that's been levelled at Wenger for a, a quite fairly lengthy period of time. And I think you know you see what's happened over the summer with our central defenders. Chambers put out to pasture, but now apparently being offered new contracts. It's some real fuzzy thinking around that position in particular. And given a lot of the intelligence Jessica Shulney's Achilles are, Never really going to get better. I think that's he's
1: been managed through now, he isn't is,
2: he? and but that's a position that is beginning to look quite concerning. You know, you've got Mustafi who's clearly not particularly happy either. Um, but for, in terms of what he did on Saturday, I do think he should have probably gone for the jugular a bit more and converted to four at the back. Uh, of course, no you, asked, not to.
1: you asked about Troy Deeney's comment. What they did partly overshadow was Per Matasek's comments which were at the out-there end of a, of a footballer, being honest. And it will be interesting to see if there's any repercussion there because the last player who basically said we weren't good enough, we were, weren't up for it, was Theo Walcott. We've basically not seen him since. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and
0: even there was a clear that if there was going to be anything sort of slightly attacking as a substitution towards the end of the game, very clearly we saw Wilshire being ready. Theo is just... Well, presumably we'll see him on Thursday again, we'll come on to the game with Belgrade, but that seems to be all it is for Theo at the moment, it's, it's just
1: I'm sure it's more than the comments he made after the Palace game. But Per Motiseka was really out there to be captain of the club and say that the players you were captaining weren't up for it, didn't give enough, is really strong criticism.
2: Yeah, well what what other major major club in world football would two senior players come out within the space of ten games because I think yeah, probably about ten games ago at Palace and admit that they weren't psychologically up for the fight. It's, it's flabbergasting actually. And it, it's a, another one of those things where you say, this could only fucking happen at Arsenal. Yeah. It doesn't happen well, at other big what clubs. What other
1: club or. in world football would you wait almost two years to have your captain make an appearance in the first team?
0: Well, that was, it was one of the first time. What was it? The first time our captain appeared in a league game for some extraordinary amount it's time. over 2 years um well well he did another interview pair with the uh, sky sports i think and, and this is what he said it- when asked about Troy Dean's to he goes, I don't know what he said. I don't pay attention. It was after the game, so I didn't watch it. We should concentrate on ourselves, first of all. There are so many guys involved in so many opinions, which is fine, but we need to focus on ourselves and learn lessons from that. If we start to listen to too many people, it's not worth it. Honestly, I need to look at myself and think what could have been done better. Afterwards, it's easy to judge and easy to say words and thinks we're lacking something. We have to think how we can provide better performances, especially away from home where it gets tight and difficult and uh, it seems we were saying before weren't we Tim an extraordinary amount of time you know when we were unbeatable away and and now this season is one goal um, and you know what is it one point effectively you know in our hardest game bizarrely of all at, at Chelsea it's just been a an issue on the road um, and, and something that you know we'll, we'll obviously need to improve if we are to make that top four which already October is, is the, clearly the potential peak of what our season could be
1: Well, underpinning this, if you could call it, crisis, particularly with the away games, of course, it's the issue of how often is Sanchez going to play? How often is Ozil going to play? Should he play? I believe that when you have your two strong players like that who can clearly offer so much but one out, that clearly sets a vibe around the other nine or ten. You know, you get a sense of a club that is drifting where people know that, you know, one or two want out. I think there are more that want to go as well. I'd be astounded if Ramsey signs a contract renewal unless something of extraordinary size is put in front of him. I mean, Jack's not quite sure which way to go with where he is. And others, it's a club that just, it feels in everything you look at like drift is going on like there's a lack of purpose but ultimately a lack of unity and what really rubs the nose in it at the moment is you just look four miles up the road at Spurs but it's not four miles is it now it's 12 that's not a good analogy (laughs) but it's almost a complete opposite at the moment you know there's a contrast isn't there James there is and we were discussing off air before we came on actually and without wishing to
2: espouse the virtues of Pochettino too much but the contrast, both in terms of narrative towards him, um, given he's won nothing, but how well Spurs are playing and how they are perceived as competitors, and it's, it needs to be viewed in the context of how much clubs have spent on teams on, the, on their squads. I saw a stat on about the games on Saturday. The starting eleven of Tottenham cost 107 million, compared to Man City was 400 million, United's were 300 million less, a 90 million Pogba. Chelsea was 250, Arsenal was 150, less than Ozil, obviously he didn't start. And the job Pochier is doing there is not dissimilar to almost to what Wenger did 10 years ago, whereby they were a club punching above their weight in terms of their financial might and getting more out of his players than the sum of their parts. And that's a real skill. It's something Fergie had. Look at some of the poor lineups he put out and was able to get more from them. Whereas, to me, Wenger has a super-talented squad at the moment with not that many gaps in the starting eleven. But, if anything, they're playing below themselves and have been for some time, and that's a difficult trend to come out of.
0: Talking about this um, not getting the the most out of the squad, which is uh, you know, a point you could definitely label, in, in fairness, at the squad at the moment, player acquisition is something that's interesting in the club. I just want to touch on, because Dick Law will be leaving um, the club, and, and you say, but the news about Mark Overmars and, and how that, you think, well, time will time, will Wenger, you know, there'll be one final year of Wenger, we assume, Having a new director of football team, I know, you, you know your background and your insight with those at the club. Do you think there'll be any change of, of mentality on transfers or relinquishing a bit of power to someone else?
1: I don't see any considerable change while you still have... Arsene Wenger as manager and actually Ivan Gazidis as chief executive you're going to have to wait for Arsene to go for there to be a real shake-up everyone who comes in at the moment is subservient and second to decision-making running through Wenger and he's neither decisive nor certain about what he wants to do at the moment
0: OK but with the idea that you know Mark Overmars is coming a Possibly new role the
1: club have said that's questionable they clearly need someone in I would have thought you want someone in now not next summer because by the time the summer gets round, you need to know what you're doing the problem with Arsenal is you get the feeling they don't think about the summer transfer window until the summer transfer window is open actually sometimes that's not fair I think Koscielnyet was clearly identified and targeted and some is done but Arsenal have got is it 16 players coming out of contract this summer or the following summer you need someone thinking about that every day now you know Game game theory. Well, one of the what's going to happen? Where where are they off to? And you get a sense that you don't even appear to have a any idea of how to handle the or Sanchez. If you you know you made a big fuss of keeping them in August, and then in October you're publicly basically saying they're available to the best offer. How does that create any sense of certainty or direction in the squad?
0: Well, it's certainly one of the things Tottenham have done far better at the moment in keeping players who they want to keep at the club on. Contracts for a length of time that mean they're not vulnerable. In, I in think quite they're the going to way. really
1: regret not taking the sixty million for Sanchez. I think we're going to end up paying about three point five million for each appearance he makes for the team
0: in this season. Yeah. Would you buy that there was a muscular problem on Saturday? Or that he, obviously he suffered the heartbreak of not making the World Cup with Chile. But you believe there was a muscular problem, or he's just in a.
1: I'm sure he was, tired. he was tired and disappointed. Right. I can understand that selection decision given the, the, the length of flight that he had to go to through and you're not sure. So uh, the, the decision I could understand.
0: Okay. Um, what, one final thing maybe about Saturday's game that, that could be labelled. I, I was watching, obviously, the match for day highlights um, and I watched their, their winner several times and I, I promise you and I, Ian Wright went on to make the same point but Xhaka frightening lack of awareness desire pride in a football shirt it was it was staggering to just sort of look so indifferent you know two minutes from a game where everything's against you and I, I sort of was watching my girlfriend who I was trying to who who is not wildly into football but I was pausing it repeatedly to go where well, Xhaka could be and then I felt incredibly vindicated when Ian Wright started doing the same thing a few minutes later but I found it so frustrating and, and he sort of almost he seems to be getting a lot of grief from the fans around me at, at the games and, and of a player that's clearly got something who came in as a potential to be this defensive midfielder that we would all grow to love actually seems to have his favorite thing is playing a very good 40-yard ball and then admiring it and doesn't seem to be this defensive midfielder would have hoped for and is he a good enough you know in, in another role I'm not sure James it was it was frustrating on
2: Saturday it was I think the first thing about that kind of micro incident is, it's actually a microcosm for Arsenal. The lack of accountability. Right. He knows he's not. Go- I am. I'm slightly guessing, but I can't see him getting a massive bollocking when he goes into dressing room for that. I really can't. Arsenal. If you speak to anyone who has any involvement at the club, say it's such a nice place to be. You'll go in. You'll. You yeah, know. You go to work every day. There's. You're not going to get told off for making those kinds of mistakes. not in the way. Fergie would do. You're not going to get a hair drive from him. You're not going to get Fren under the bus like Mourinho would do to players. I'm not saying there obviously needs to be a balance, but Arsenal feels like a very nice, comfortable place to be a footballer. And that's endemic. That's endemic of that. In terms of Xhaka, he's unfortunately regressed from where he was towards the end of last season, where he looked really excellent in parts, particularly the FA Cup final. Um, but he strikes me as one of those players if the team's playing well he will look good and if he's got the right system in place but unfortunately when you're playing central midfield you actually probably need to be the driving force behind your team playing well and is he, I don't know if he has it in him to do that um, as you say he's a great passer but his physical attributes and lack of pace in particular are a real concern particularly of how high up the pitch he plays because when the ball's gone in behind him he's nothing
0: Tim, have you been frustrated by him? Disappointed? Not quite what we hoped for.
1: Well, still, you're still. I think, I think still James summed it up very right. well there. I think he's got a nice passing range on him, but he's someone that needs other players around him performing to fit in, and he's not going to be the spark. And I think it particularly shows actually when Ramsey's not alongside.
0: Well, yeah, Ramsey, another player, obviously won't be making it to World Cup, but um, presumably we'll be back. Um, be back for next week. It's time for a very quick break. We'll be back shortly. Ballistically,
1: the Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes.
0: Okay, and we're back. I wanted to bring up Tim with you. It's the AGM, actually, next week. And obviously, with your role with the AST, I thought it would be an interesting uh, time to get your thoughts because uh, there's going to be, what, eight places for the AST?
1: Well, all shareholders can attend. And the Arsenal's Arsenal own eight. So we have some of our board members who own shares individually and we have some places because we collectively own some shares so we have people attending in you know through us and that we know well um and the questions will all have been in by now um, or you can also ask from the mic in the meeting but the, some of the core questions have gone in have you proposed a question yes several with others are they public i'm oh, quite happy to talk about them there's a there's a challenge to how the club is being run and the governance suggesting will it need independent directors on the board that's genuinely independent so people who can hold the club to account and the owner not people who just in effect do the work of the owner to say everything's fine there's questions about the board's competency in handling the the reappointment of the manager there's questions about the competency of handling the contract decisions there's questions about the finances about what on earth is going on with so much money again sitting there not used to strengthen the team Um, and there's some other questions on sort of broadcast deals and financing and issues like that but there's some really tough challenge going in and there's also a separate to that but there is a specific request going in to ask Stan Cronky to actually address the meeting because you know if a fish rots it rots from the head and you've got to have I believe a football club is a fairly small community of people and you've got to get that sense of purpose from the top. Stan Kroenke needs to come and outline some vision and some passion and commitment from the club at the AGM. One of the platform that his opportunity, and for that to then transmit itself to Gazidis and Wenger. So we're calling on, you know, calling for some accountability at the top. James talked about no accountability in the dressing room, but this is a club that doesn't give you any accountability in the boardroom or from the owner.
0: In, in terms of sort about independent uh, stakeholders on the board, is that normal at other football clubs? well it's
1: nor, so, you know it's normal norm- in business it's but. normal in business about how good governance work and you yeah. have independent non executives they normally don 't serve terms longer than about eight years so that they genuinely are independent and can hold issues to account. You're always going to get that slightly curious mix at Arsenal, which is that he's got 67% of the vote. This meeting is going to ask for the reappointment of... Chips Keswick as chairman and Josh Konkey as a director it may well be that the hands in the room will go up against that because of a dissatisfaction with how the club is run. But only one hand needs to go up to vote sixty-seven percent of the club. And part It'll of the be problem, symbolic. I think, part of the problem from the summer is that I think some challenge did come in about reappointing Wenger. But after the cup final, he went off and had a one-to-one with Cronkey where he basically said, "I want to stay. Will you give me a contract? Yeah, you can have the contract." And then Wenger's follow-up is, "I'm not having any of that interference." None of this catalyst to change rubbish, which is why we didn't really see any significant change, which is probably why the first eight games of the season feel quite deja vu to eight games from last season.
0: And in in terms of, there was a share sold last week, wasn't there? Shares are
1: transferring at extraordinary prices. But does 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 that not
0: lead to the argument that maybe someone's seeing some potential value coming in and therefore if there is a big deal coming... There'll be a time to sell and get a better price it's soon, or is it just too insignificant with one share here, one share there? It's
1: such an illiquid market yeah. that you, it could just be almost like a collector, or so, you know, if you are, you know, there are plenty of millionaires in London, and that's that small change to get hold of a share. And and, and get in. We do know it's not Kroenke or Usmanov buying because they have to declare. We've also obviously seen the debate. The most likely major transaction when it comes at Arsenal would be Usmanov buying out Kroenke or Kroenke buying out Usmanov. And every time one offers the other money, the other one comes back in reverse. That, particularly if it were Cronky taking over, would be make things look even worse than now because the club could be taken private, he'd squeeze out the remaining small shareholders, there wouldn't even be an AGM to try and create some accountability. There would be reports and accounts that were much harder to find, probably registered in Delaware. I'm afraid, I know some of the tweets were asking when things are going to get better at Arsenal, but I'm afraid in terms of the ownership structure feeding down, I think we're stuck with a rather unpalatable status quo.
0: And just finally on this, so y- you're not expecting Cronkay to speak.
1: We are going to challenge him and ask him to speak, but I think for three or four AGMs now, he hasn't said. He hasn't said anything.
0: All right. Well, we will um, watch baby breath. That's Thursday next week.
1: Yeah, Thursday the twenty seventh. And
0: usually, the ST do a good job of, of live tweeting and. I'm sure it'll be uh, picked up in in various media outlets. But you're you're right about these tweets people sent to us earlier today in terms of what we should talk about. Um, Simon Buckingham said, Everything's so repetitive now. Feels like we're talking about the same stuff week to week. We need some positivity. What can we look forward to? So, James, I come to you. Give Give us something of positivity that we can look forward to yet about this season. I'll put you on the spot there.
1: I can come in while well, well, James thinks because right. I actually enjoyed... The home game with Cologne as much as any game for a while, and I, you know, I went to Belarus partly because I wanted to see a different culture. Tell us about but, Belarus. Oh, d- Belarus was fascinating. All I'm going to say is read your visa requirements carefully, kids. You yes, know, we're be, lucky to be, be here. Like lucky that I got out and uh, you know and back. Well, but you meet different fans. It's different level of football, and I understand the frustration. It's not Champions League, but in some ways, it's a breath of fresh air. And I'm hoping that James has come up with his optimistic <laughs> thoughts now. But I actually think being optimistic, there's a very good chance. I mean look at the squad of players that Arsenal could win the Europa League and I think that, is, that would be fun to watch as it's happening and meet different football fans and cultures and see something a bit different and quite frankly it's our level at the moment. It would
0: be a slightly different version of our league season at this point being saved by the FA Cup if our league season was slightly disappointing but saved by a Europa League victory that got us back into the Champions League there would be a, you know, a positive spin on that as a season. Have you, have you thought of something
2: James? Yeah, thanks, Tim. I was going to say the Europa League. <laughs> oh,
1: um, dear.
2: And being knocked out in the quarterfinals by Liverpool. Or by Munich, semis. who looked like they might or, get a down. Or, or Liverpool. <laughs> that who would just will, be the ultimate irony, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, I suppose the one thing which is absent and has so often been a kind of saving grace of previous seasons is seeing the development of young players coming through the squad. And there's a real paucity of them. I know... Um, Reese Nelson is obviously coming on and looks super, really exciting. Hopefully seeing more of him in the Europa League, I think, can only be a good thing. Iwobi is, I don't even know if you can classify him as a youngster anymore, but he...
1: Yeah, he's, I think he, he still is. And that's second yeah. seasonitis, which can affect yeah. a lot of players.
2: But I, I still think there's a real player in there. So I can look forward to hopefully him developing somewhat Um I'm kind of all out of ideas.
1: Not an an easy environment for the young players when things aren't going well and the crowd are edgy and they pick up on that and they're they're thrown in. I mean, quite a lot. Even even Holding, I think, who, you know, in some ways Arsenal fans moved him onto a pedestal higher than he should have been. There's wonderful talent in there. But these are young players who are, you know, if they're going to play in our first team, we're going to have to accept some mistakes and that they're learning as they go. I still would much, much rather watch a committed, up-for-it young player trying to break through and make a difference than some of the poncing around from from the sort of £250,000-a-week type players we've seen recently.
2: Yeah, I mean, so would I. I mean, I, I suppose it's partly as you get older, but I really the hero worship of players, there isn't a single player in this squad who I actually feel any great affinity to other than Aaron Ramsey, perhaps. You know, people laugh at me when I say this, but Aaron Ramsey's the closest thing We have to a club legend at the club at present. He's been with us nearly a decade. He's won us two FA Cups. He's but he has no interest in signing
1: a new deal. From everything I
2: understand, who
1: who to blame for that? Not necessarily Howard Ramsey.
0: No, no, okay, yeah, a point of thinking. But it's interesting, isn't it? You're viewing him in that way, and yet he, you know, from what I understand, his contract runs out next season. He's been presented with something, and he is.
2: You know, very actively not, yeah, you know, looking to stay at the football club. I think, I think, though, there's, you know, a caveat would be saying he's the closest thing to a club legend we have. That's the bar isn't set very high in this current crop of players, is it?
0: Um, I think people would probably look at Koscielny and say that, he, you know, he's been a good service, obviously not the same length of time. He
1: has. Yeah. Um, but it's not one at the moment that you would call a legend. has made it some really talented players you'll look back and say that Ozil at times gave flashes of genius but actually to be honest you'll say over the four or five years a bit meh a bit disappointment in terms of what was paid Sanchez at times is great but it's almost like an individual performance going on out there I don't and Koscielny is a good quality centre-off who's served us well but he's not going to get up there with Adams or O'Leary or yeah. So camel like, is he he's not anywhere near they
0: were part of the teams that were much more successful and therefore naturally will be remembered in a, a much positive light you know even players that you know let's take Petit for an example he wasn't at Arsenal for a huge amount of time but you know just was there for a couple of seasons was hugely successful and maybe therefore the rose tinted glasses you much more positively
2: whereas the second he you know, got a better offer he was you know off and away you need longevity or success or both to be a club yeah, legend it, and, it doesn't
1: depend a bit on what you're mixed and, in with
2: when I take the Ramsey example, it's firstly longevity. He's been with us a decade. And don't forget, he's a guy, I know he may well leave, but don't forget he took intolerable abuse and a an horrible amount of shit from our fans after he went for a really nasty injury, recovered from it, showed amazing bollocks and attitude to do that. He's won us two FA Cups. And he's never really said anything publicly. He's never caused an issue. I agree. I think he will go. I think he'll go to Man City because... You know, they don't need a box box. They don't know. need any more
0: players than I've scored five, six, seven. It's boring, isn't it? It is quite, yeah. What do you think about Chesney's comments? Did you see this, Tim? Uh, there were some mm. comments from Chesney. I'll just read out a few. Yeah. Um, he said, um, you know, I think in general, the coach in Italy are much more tactical. That's just how the league works. Whether it was Spalletti at Roma or Allegri here at Juventus, the preparation of the game is different to what I was used to in England. You work on the shape of the team, particular match or week. At Arsenal, you just prepare physically for it, but here you watch film analysing a specific opponent before the game and afterwards we'll watch again to see what worked and what didn't. I enjoyed working with some great coaches at Arsenal, Roma and here, but the goal coming school is very in Italy is very different. It's very technical and pays more attention to the details. It really made a difference for me because I started playing at a very young age with Arsenal and as you play you gain experience in how that it's how you grow. But honestly, I couldn't say from a technical standpoint that I improved in any way from when I became first choice at Arsenal until the day I left for Roma. However, in the two and a half years since I came to Italy, I've improved massively, which is thanks to the coaches and the way they work. It's not about improving when you play. It's every day in training. You have to work on every aspect of your game, and that's something I've really enjoyed. So, Shisley sort of quite loves Arsenal. I'd say he's, uh, you know, he tweets very positively. He tries to take the piss out of Spurs man still. Mm. And yet, that's quite scathing of of what he feels his you know he as a footballer as someone who has a you know a defined period of time to to have his football career he feels he had you know a, a time where he didn't improve and he ultimately seems to be blaming the environment.
1: I think you I think you could perhaps slightly overinterpret that. I mean, you've okay. got a young player getting older who's probably maturing in his own attitude to training and what he does. But like all of these comments, you can probably pick up an underlying theme. And I think that that's the Arsenal setup is quite tired now and quite old. When, you know, Arsene Wenger arrived and was seen as an innovator, some of it was diet and the physicality, some of it was, you know, that you don't sort of, you know throw teacups at the wall and scream and shout at halftime and you let players think about it. And at the time, it was quite progressive and it moved things forward. But I think that the Arsene Wenger approach is probably still, from what I'm told, still like it was 20 years ago. And, you know, m- managers now have moved on. The game has moved on with video analysis, getting players ready. And that's partly why I think Arsenal are just desperately waiting a new broom, a young 45-year-old manager at the cutting edge of the game and the next level of development to come in and take these players forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know if they, this, because he talks about particularly the goalkeeping score in 2 difference. Is that an underlying dig at, was it Jay Payton who sure. would have been his, his goalkeeping coach? So it's an interesting kind of dig because for a goalkeeper, presumably, and you know, I am not a former footballer I am not a goalkeeper but your training, training. is, is training. different yeah. to what the rest of the outfield and yeah. is going on I understand obviously you know for set pieces and everything the goalie has to be very aware is it coming but it seems a slight underlying dig about maybe the goalkeeping coaches maybe there the weren't the relationships that you hoped for you, you talk about the you know the, everything being out of date and what will change there were quite a couple of tweets coming in to, to us earlier in terms of what we should talk about sort of saying you you know this was Richard Harvey said you want to be the, the laughing stock of the Premier League, bored of the same conversation when we lose. When will things get more exciting? And Alan Alga said, you know, what will the club look like on the 1st of June 2019? Presumably a reference to when we expect Arsenal to have a, a change of manager. So Tim just outlined there, James, a, a 45-year-old as yet undefined man who will, you know, walk in and, and change everything. Is that when you expect, you know, a, a change of, of, of genuine sort of, you know, um, positivity and improvement to the club is that is that when you expect it to come?
2: You would hope that would be the first step. I think with the current ownership structure in place, the only way we will be successful is if we have an exceptional manager, and that is someone in the in the ilk of a Pochettino who is able to overachieve what he's given. Because Kroenke has shown he's not going to give financial support in the crudest sense i.e. he's not going to put his own money into it so you're going to need a manager who has that ingenuity and the braveness to try something different
1: it's not poverty though it's it's a lot of money there it's not but
2: tim in the latest ast the analysis you guys did in the last meeting i went to it was said we had arsenal had 90 million pounds to spend on transfers now that includes amortizable agents over a five-year contract in this market, 90 million isn't that much, actually. And that's why what's going to happen... It's one ha- world-class player. It's one world-class player. And given we're about to lose two of them for free this summer, that is terrifying. So what are we going to look like in 2019? I think we could... Ha- I think what is likely is we'll have a fairly average squad because our two best players are going to go for free. We're not going to be able to re- afford to replace both of them. We'll probably we'll replace one of them with a star, but not do much more than that. And who who that manager is going to be, it has to be someone young, has to be someone fresh. It needs to be someone, I think, someone like Yardim at Monaco who has shown he is able to achieve with a young, talented squad, which he hasn't been spending heavily. He's had his squad ravaged, actually, over the last year. Someone, not necessarily him, but someone of that ilk. And I think, listen, we might not be better, but it gives us hope. It gives us excitement and that's what we need as football fans. It's yeah. the hope that something exciting or different might happen, whereas we don't have that.
0: In, in terms of the next Arsenal market, which Alan, next Arsenal manager market, which is Alan Alga always reminds me is like the longest running betting market in in sort of betting history. I think on the grounds that you know there has been many years now where there is supposed uh, exit from Arsenal, yet it's never quite happened. But yeah, the names at the top still have sort of Simeone. Thomas Tuchel, Ancelotti, Vieira, Eddie Howe, Rafa Benitez, Allegri. So. Some of those names are dreadful as well, uh, aren't they? Jardim, about a 16-1 to one shot from from what I can see, for those who are interested. Anyway, let's move on and, and talk about the two games that are going to take place before we podcast next um, next week. You went to Barte, Tim, so you, you've already been on one of these European journeys, I suspect. Um, there weren't too many fans who travelled from the UK. There would have been a lot of European Arsenal fans, I'm sure, be much for much on Thursday. Uh, I'll just read out a team that played at Barte was Ospina, who we assume will be the same on Thursday. The back three were Mustafi, Mertesacker, and Holding. So, you know, Holding, we assume, will play. Pep could well play again. Um, then midfield was, you know, Maitland Nards, Willock, who I think was. was it a, a Actually, debut? it was good fun
1: watching them, yeah. El Neni,
0: Reese Nelson. then the front three, a bit more experience in yeah. Wilshire, Walcott, and Giroux. Similar ish. Sort of set up tomorrow, especially
1: especially now with the cushion of uh, six points. You're looking at that group, you know, you can afford to lose that game even and you still get you know, you'll get through and come out of it because the top two. So, absolutely, it's a good chance to let fringe players get some fitness, the youngsters start and rest everyone for what really is a very, very major game at at the weekend.
2: Well, centre back, we have to be careful. We, I don't think we can be playing Murta Saka again on Thursday night. Given Koscielny, could well be out of the next game.
0: Well, he's flirted he, in pre-season with Neni at centre-back. Did I'd, he do that once?
2: He did, yeah. And I do, I'd do. actually be tempted to do that for this next, for the Europa game. it be interesting what does. So obviously,
0: Belgrade at the moment are on four points. Bartem, Cologne are on, are on one. Cologne on, on zero. But yeah, like you say, this is a game we could... Possibly afford to lose. And then obviously it's the next game. in The group is the reverse of this fixture. And, and Bartik come at home. So uh, we're expecting a sort of similarly, uh, you know, mix, I guess. But it, it's been good fun. And look, if that is a, quite possibly the positive to come from the season, let's hope we do at least top the group and did, we give did, ourselves the best chance.
1: What, what's interesting about this tournament is Arsenal will take it seriously until the moment that something else more serious comes along. And the decision that will be weighed up game by game in the early spring is have we got more chance of making the Champions League through the Europa League than through the Premier League table? And he could quite easily play a squad that's weaker than you just saw in a quarter-final of the Europa League in the new year. Or he could do the other way and do what Mourinho did at our place and throw the league game because he actually looks at the draw and thinks there's more chance. It is I can't explain how mission-critical it is for Arsenal to scrape that fourth place or Champions League James already articulated the financial situation yeah. it compounds if you don't get in for a second year in a row because it starts to become a trend sponsors pay less you don't get the boost of income for the second year also I don't think there's been enough comment because Arsenal tried that lame line that we didn't get Lamar because there wasn't enough time we didn't get Lamar because he turned us down And when you're in the Europa League, you get turned down by better players or you have to pay even more to compensate them for the misery of playing in that tournament. So two years in a row is a real crisis. And, it, you know, so Arsenal will take the Europa League relatively seriously unless they think it's getting in the way, probably, of what looks like fourth spot. And for all our angst, I still think fourth spot is achievable. And I think on on top of what was being said, I wanted to say that we're obviously frustrated with with results and how Arsenal perform, and they're not good enough. But they're not that far below par either. I think what we're also just fed up with is rep- repetition, repetition. And I think there's an element that if a, if a different manager came in with a different style and a different approach and took us to fourth, but even just listening to a different press conference would be a breath of fresh air. Seeing a different formation try. I mean, I think after a two or three years, it might catch up with that manager as well. But don't you, don't you think people are as well as fed up with the results? People are just bored now. Mm. It's kind of like the same old excuses, the same old failures. Let's just do it differently and end up with the same result well, to me. I can't. I'm. I, I we're very consistent, are we? Yeah. Both both frustrated with the results, but there's something deeper than that. It's just this sense of malaise and nothing fresh and nothing invigorating or challenging about what's going on.
0: Well, we, we are on 13 points. We're only two points behind. Fourth of which, you know, is bizarrely... We're only two Watford. points
1: off 18th, but yeah. Uh, not, not true. Not quite that Not true. Two, two, two <laughs> points off uh, Newcastle in ninth.
0: Uh, Leicester down in the relegation zone, obviously sacking uh, Shakespeare today. Um, let's talk about it then. We, we go to Everton, who... You know, if there are a set of fans more upset with us, and at least we we have, you know, thirty-five thousand people in Merseyside to look at this weekend. They're only two points. They are the ones who are only two points off the relegation zone. Tim, um, eight points from their eight games—not inconceivable. They could be in the relegation zone by the time uh, this game takes place. Should Leicester get um, a victory this weekend? So. What, what do you think about that? Because it's become a huge game. Because you know we haven't won away all season. Everton is somewhere that you know the beginning of the sort of fall away last year. I remember going up there, you know, on what was it midweek, sometime in December, I think it was, and we and we lost two one. Um, I think we also haven't been ahead in that game. I think yeah, maybe, like, just Alexa's like we were on, kick. just like we were on Saturday. So. So here we go, um, travelling to to Merseyside. I'm not going to make the trip. This is a TV one for me. The enthusiasm for going away is slightly waning, but I'm sure we'll, we'll be back on it soon. So go on, let, let's have a quick prediction for Everton, and then we're going to wrap up.
1: I mean, this is a, a, a slightly trite thing to say, because you say about half the club's in the Premier League, but thank God they haven't got Lukaku there, because that's exactly the sort of player that unsettles us. Yeah. In some ways, there's a better quality, much better quality Dini. It's a really tough game, because... It, when needed they need to scrap I just get a feeling with Everton that it's not quite working but Arsenal arriving they'll click a little bit more and they'll have watched what happened, or what happened and know that they, you rough Arsenal up and you come at them and I think it's going to be a tough ugly game and I think it will be one all
0: yeah one all and it sort of feels like you know both sides can spin that as a sort of positive or not too much of a negative
2: like what, a manager what's your lose. prediction there James I fully expect us to reinvigorate their season and lose 2-1 Wow
0: I don't know what to say Because I'm so mixed at the moment And usually I'm quite positive on this podcast But I must say coming away. away
1: City away is the next Premier League away game
0: uh, that's uh, we go there in the fifth of November, don't we? So we yes. must have a that must be the next away Premier League yeah. game. Yeah, so, I so think it's, that's when, right. it's
1: Goodison when, then City. When, when Spurs? That's then the home game after the right. international break. So it's City Spurs with All right. the break. That's wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to go for a two-one victory for Arsenal. Um, that we're going to get a first away win of a season. And, and prediction for Bill, um, for Belgrade on Thursday from Tim.
1: Oh, I think Arsenal
0: will win that two-one. 2-1 and James? 3-1 Arsenal. 3-1 Arsenal. I will say 2-0 to Arsenal. Um, well, look, it's been it's been 46 minutes of trying to, to find the occasional positive, but it's a, it feels like a solemn week. It feels like a, a podcast we've, we've done too many times in the past, and fingers crossed, another victory in the Europa League, which will pretty much put us on the verge of, of getting through to at least have some European football to look forward to in 2018. And uh, look, fingers crossed, you know, if there is a team you could argue that you want to go and play this weekend, it's, it is potentially a, a struggling Everton. So we bid you farewell. Thank you so much to Tim. James, great to have you back. I'm sure we'll see you again soon. And uh, thank you for listening and we'll be back next week.
1: This is a Playback Media production. To get all the links for this podcast, go to arsenalpodcast.net. Footballistic, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at choppercasino.com.